Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Welcome to the podcast. This is Pat Sherlock. Our topic today is managing remotely. Our expert is Alyssa Sykes, who is SVP Chief Growth Officer at Sunmark Federal Credit Union. Prior to Sunmark, Alyssa was with TD Bank and started out as a loan originator. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, how are you, Pat? I'm doing well. This is such an important topic and so timely. But before we kind of jump into it, why don't we talk about how did you get into managing and and talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so when I first got out of high school, I knew that I wanted to be in the financial industry. So when I was going to college, I started working as a teller, which is a great experience, and it gave me a really solid foundation. I moved really quickly, and by the time I was 19, I became a branch manager on the retail side of a a local bank. It gave me a lot of experience overall at a very young age. I was managing people twice my age, so that was an interesting dynamic, but it was definitely the solid foundation I needed to get me where I am today. So I, I definitely appreciated that retail experience and also managing at a young age. Wow. No, that's it. That's you knew when you were young what you wanted to do. Wow. That's terrific. So what was the best advice you got? Especially it seems like you were managing certainly people older than you. So what was the, the best advice in your opinion? I mean, I I think it. I look back and it was always instilled in me to never stop learning. At the end of the day, you know, whatever job you have, you need to just focus on the next job. So I would learn whatever I needed to learn in my current role to become an expert in it. But then I didn't stop. I just kept evolving into what the next role would be. So when I was a teller, I was looking at what the head teller was doing. And I was offering up, hey, let me let me help you. Let me go ahead and assist with anything you need to do so that I would learn it. And then if a role became open, I was able to say I had the skills. So I really always just focused on the next stage of my you know, development or career and then never let it just you know, I never got fully, I, um, I guess the word would be just satisfied with the current role I was in. I always wanted to learn more and progress further um, in my in my role. Well, that raises a, a, a good point. I mean, were you someone that would you take, would you read books on the topics or uh, talk about how did you learn this just from observing? Yeah, I mean, I think I had a really good role model in my in my mother and my father. They were very hard workers, middle class, you know, mm-hmm. and they they worked hard. So I watched them. They instilled work ethic in me. And then as I became older, you know, I I had very good mentors as teachers throughout. And I just when I got into the the banking world, when I knew I did some job shadowing at some local banks, and that's how I knew I wanted to be in that field. When I got there. It was very easy. You had materials, just like you said, you had books, you had people who had been in the, in the industry for a long time that you could, that would mentor you. They were very willing to help you engage and and let you help, you know, probably more times than not. And I don't know, you know, I don't want to be negative, but a lot of times people would be welcome you doing their job. So I always (laughs) took advantage of that and never let it, you know, never let it discourage me. I think a lot of people can get frustrated with, you know, either taking on someone else's work, I've, I looked at it as an opportunity and really just dug in and they allowed me to do it. So yeah, I mean, I was going to school for accounting and working and it was, you know, definitely a, an interesting time for, for me, 
but it, it, it helped me grow. And I think far too often people are worried about, you know, well, that's not my job. Well, that, that's, does it matter? And you're going to, if you're going to learn something that's going to propel you forward right. in the next, and that's what I try to tell all of my employees now. Um, so I just use whatever is available, available to me. I, I read articles, news um, letters. And, and at that time there wasn't a lot of the things, the podcasts and such that are out there now, sure. but I definitely used, every tool that was available to me. They had a lot of, um, you know, at that time, had a lot of, of coursework that you could do. Um, mm-hmm. The American Institute of Banking had had things that had classes that I would take. So whatever was out there, I, I just took advantage of it. So would you go up to the individual that became your mentor? And did you just ask them or, or talk about that for a second? Yeah, I would always just take it from the, the, the side that I want to, I want to know what you do. I, I want to learn it. I want to, this is my, my aspirations is to be a, a leader in this industry. So tell me how you got here and just formulated a relationship with them in, in such a way that they wanted to help me, you know, progress in my career. It was challenging when I was a lot younger, but I don't think they were, they were never threatened by me. So they were always very open and willing and, and, and just kind of took me under their wing in many aspects of it. You know, and I th- I think that that was the the key to it is that you you're not threatening and you're really there to learn and um and th- people were very open and responsive to it so they they wanted me to you know they wanted to help me which was really nice and give me their knowledge and I you know was there willing and eager to take it so I do think that that has a lot to do with it if you're willing and open and you know there's a greater cause there they're they're definitely willing to do it. Well, the first step is obviously to ask them, and I think that's terrific that you did that because sometimes I think with individuals, they expect the mentor to ask them, and uh, it doesn't really work like that. So that's really a great point. So when you look back, and you've been managing all types of people over many years, what do you think is the secret sauce that people miss? Honestly, it's so simple. I'm not going to tell anyone here that the, the, anything that they haven't heard before, but listening is so important in, in overall communication. What ends up happening is I think a lot of leaders end up believing they've communicated it. So I will have a team meeting and I will communicate in a fashion um, that's very generalized. And then as you get to know your employees, I have to, I know with each direct report that I have, how I have to then curtail the next conversation so that they understand it. So understanding how they communicate is key. You know, there there are some that I know that as soon as I get off that team call, I better just follow up quickly on a quick two-minute call to just make sure that they understand the direction because they may be very literal. And they take every every word you say, they hang on it, <laughs> which <laughs> always isn't the intent, but that's how they work. So it's really getting to know them, their behaviors, and then making sure that you are accommodating to, to them to make sure that they understand what your, your direction is and what your what our end goal is and that we're all on the same page. Um, far too often, I think that people just give a directive and everyone's expected to know what to do and that's it. And then if they don't do it, there, there's a failure in it, but, but then you're, you're, you're blaming that failure on the person. And generally speaking, it's been the communication initially that failed. So I, I just, I over communicate in those situations just so that I know that everyone's clear. And the longer you work with someone, the more you get to know how they receive information. Right. So well, yeah. I work really hard on that. 
Yeah, that's a really good point because I don't think enough managers recognize that there are three primary learning styles and what you're really talking about. I think what I see is that leaders sometimes just send out an email and they think that's enough. (laughs) And uh, for some people that are auditory, they need to hear it. And for those that are kinesthetic, are individuals that they actually need to do something. They need to feel the component of it. So you really have raised a really good point. I'm really glad that you have because I do think just sending an email out does not change <laughs> and really doesn't instill what you're you're trying to do. So that's great. So when you talk about, you know, a key practice that you keep coming back to, what is that that you see? Because you've managed people younger, older, the whole bit. Talk mm. about that. Yeah, and all levels really. I mean, it's it's coaching. I, I'm a I'm a huge believer in coaching your employees. I right now have I think there's 12 direct reports, and I immediately I coach every single one. We I give an hour a month dedicated to soul, you know, career coaching, and then I have check-ins. So we check in weekly. Um, I have and those check-ins are one-on-one and they're just quick, easy. What's going on? What do you need? What obstacles can I remove? That's more day-to-day business. Mm -hmm. And then that hour that we spend every month is really coaching to career growth, development growth, and overall strategy. So, you know, I find that that is the, what helps me manage on all different levels. So I have, you know, I have vice presidents that report to me now. I have AVPs that report to me. I even have a couple managers who report to me um, just because of situational overall org chart right now. But I've had, you know, I've had all not just age appropriations, you know, reporting Mm -hmm. to me, also skill level. And I have to make sure that, you know, I can pivot with them on, on what is going on and what we need from them in the organization. So, you know, that communication and those, those coaching sessions I use, you know, generally I always say I learn more out of those meetings than, than I feel like they do, but it's the key component of managing, especially remote. I mean, this, this situation we're in now, if I didn't have those quick and I always do them um, on, on a visual as, you know, Skype type, mm-hmm. um, you know, setting so that we can see each other, we can see each other's body language to make it much more personal. Because one of the, the issues with working remote is what I have found that they don't always, you know, what you can lose really quickly is your culture. What makes our organization great and why we want people to work for us is our culture and how we make it fun and we make it engaging and we want people to, to learn and grow. That, that can be easily lost in a home environment because you can feel very isolated and alone. So I make sure that during those one-on-ones that I am engaging, you're, you're asking how their family is. You're, you're getting more than just, hey, this, this project needs to be done by next week. Where are you at with it? You, you need to make sure that you're all, it's all-encompassing about this person's you know, career, life, and you're inserting yourself as a leader, as their, as a, you know, whether you're the role model or manager, that, that you, they can come to you to help remove those obstacles and assist you with anything that they've got going on. They have a commitment to you there that's so strong that it really helps in, when you are in this environment. I think that that's what I hear more than not is that it can be lonely if you're just especially on task-based work. So, you know, we, I, I make a, a great point to do a lot of team activities as well as individual one-on-ones. 
You started to briefly talk about the managing remotely. The current view is that the employees love it. And I talk to a lot of lenders, and that's certainly what I'm hearing from them. But you have raised the issue about you know, they might like it and, and, and productivity has been high from what lenders are saying. I think they were all surprised about that, but it does raise this issue of uh, it's not for everybody. A lot of employees love it and certainly that's the feedback, but there are others that don't. And this is this other issue of how do you maintain culture to make you look different from another lender? Yeah, and I would say before this happened, we were very much a hybrid shop. We, um, Our mortgage division has about 40 employees in it, and we really took it as we were a workforce that we allowed to be hybrid. You could kind of come and go. You dress for your day. You, you, you're in the office if you had any in-person meetings. But even um, all of our ops, you know, we allowed them to come in and out. We had staggered start times. So we were really flexible with our staff and, you know, it ended up working out. 50% of them would come in at 10 o'clock, 50% of them would come out at seven in the morning. And then, you know, it ended up staggering. So we had people in the office and, and it created for a good environment. You know, we had happy hours um, on Fridays or, or whatnot. We would have staff meetings, we'd have birthday lunches, all those kind of things that Mm -hmm. create your culture. And so then we came to the pandemic and we went a hundred percent remote. We were absolutely ready from a te- technology standpoint, but we weren't ready from the culture, you know, because we ended up letting when we were in the office kind of the culture to drive it. And so we really made a, a, a conscious effort to, to start creating some online fun and just we created hangouts. Um, I mean, during all this, everybody knows we're in a refi boom, right? So everyone is straight out, stressed out, but you're absolutely right. Going home actually increased our production and we um in the month of april we had april to june even though things were shutting down we had our best closing month because Mm -hmm. everyone was dialed in and working more efficiently without a lot of interruptions so when we what we wanted to do though is to make sure people's mental health was good and that our culture was so we did a few things with marketing where we created some hangouts where maybe for 20 minutes you could pop into a a zoom meeting and it was you know, the topics varied. The topic could be on what what is the best Netflix show out right now that you're binge watching. The next one would be, you know, is your what is your best hobby? Do you sew? What kind of music? Then they had they wanted to broke into like what type of music you liked, and it was really interesting and it became engaging for our staff. And it was just a quick 15 to 20 minute you know break, but yet you still saw your peers. We held virtual happy hours where we normally would have our Friday night at a local pub. We did it virtually. And it was kind of fun because what it did was it allowed us to see our their people's families and sure. the connection that you had with seeing their families really helped. We, at the entire credit union, we use a company called Qualtrics. They're an experience kind of company that helps you with your member experience, but they also help you with your employee experience. So we started doing a lot of surveys. Um, about asking, you know, how they feel, what they are looking for, what they're missing. And then we tailored whatever we were doing from a marketing HR perspective to that information. So we had direct information from our employees to find out what to do. And that's where all these things came up. They would give the topic like every single day. So to this, this point, we have an internal internet and it'll be a topic of the day. Yesterday was it was apparently egg day. And so everybody wrote in about what is your favorite egg? How do you cook it? And then they shared recipes. 
you know, it can be as silly or corny as that. Um, we had a day where show us a picture of your work environment. So everyone in the company would post a picture of their new work environment. Just fun and engaging little things like that go a long way. I mean, it really has helped stay connected, stay informed. And, and you know, the communication, going back to the communication is key. We also make sure that we put anything that's changing or developing out on that employee portal for communication. But I mean, it, it's being used really far more now than it ever was in the past. So we had it there, it wasn't really engaging. And now that they kind of do these silly daily kind of um, contests, if you would want to say it's sure. um, on the on there, it's, it's much more engaging and um, people have loved it. Now the people that report to me that are struggling with being home, you know, we're working on a come back to work from policy and that, that really is going to look like maybe a hybrid option because we, we do think that people um, maybe not full-time, but at least a couple days a week are more productive when they work from home. And we have all the tools we need to manage from home. So we are going to look at, you know, kind of changing that that environment even as we come back. I, I don't think you will ever see us come back in the capacity that we were prior to going into this um, pandemic. I just think we've learned too much. People want a different, you know, lifestyle too, and this is accommodating to that. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, we, we see a lot of pos- a lot more positives than we do negatives. Well, I, you've had really great ideas and where I could talk hours about this, but we need to kind of give some takeaways that you would recommend for people listening today. Um, yeah, I think that the number one takeaway is to not forget about your culture. I know it's, it's easy just to make that simple statement. You're never going to go wrong with with communicating and over communicating and and doing check-ins with your employees, but really trying to make sure that to keep an engaged and satisfied employee with just, just, I think you made a comment earlier that the competition now is, is going to be even more fierce than it was. We all, we all struggle with recruiting in our business and now it's going to be easier for companies because there is this remote option to, to keep your employees and keep them satisfied and, and engaged. So I would say, you know, little things go a long way. Make sure you don't lose sight of your culture. Make sure you make it fun and continue to do engaging even when you're straight out with this, you know, refi boom. Um, make sure you make it a priority that your, your, your employees are healthy, happy, and engaged with your, with your company. Yeah, that's the ticket for success for sure. Well, I want to thank you today for sharing uh, your wisdom, a lot of great ideas, and I want to thank our listeners too. And certainly want to ask you, and I would appreciate, you know, please take a second and rate our podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you.